Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 58. In just one day that that article came out, it was worth $16,000. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar store, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today we have joining us Sarah Cross of Cross Success Coaching. At just 24 years old, Sarah successfully built and sold a million-dollar business. It started from her kitchen table and grew to become a national corporate gift hamper service that was formally recognized as a finalist in the prestigious Australian Telstra Business Women's Awards. With the rapid expansion of Sarah's rags-to-riches business, she built systems and procedures to enable sales and marketing success. She also mastered the art of outsourcing to fulfill the demands of a highly seasonal operation. Following the success of her startup business and using her hard-won wisdom and expert insights, she's now a business mindset coach. Sarah runs training workshops, coaching programs, and retreats. She helps women transform their own enterprise and learn how to accelerate their own, very important, financially successful, rewarding businesses. All the way from Australia, welcome and thank you for joining us, Sarah. Thank you, Sue. Thank you for having me. It's nighttime for me and morning for you as we're talking. It is. It is. We're on opposite sides, aren't we, of the world? Exactly. Well, our listeners know we like to start the conversation around the life of a motivational candle. This gives us a little bit more insight into you in an indirect way. Are you ready to light it up? Absolutely. All right. So describe to us what your motivational candle would look like. What color is it and what would the quote be on your candle? My candle is a yellow candle, which to me reflects happiness and positivity. My motivational quote, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you have imagined. And how have you applied this to your life? I think I've always pursued my dreams, Sue. When I started the business at 24, I threw in my full-time job and set out to pursue a dream of actually being a small business owner. And I took up part-time work in order to support myself to get my business to a point where I was drawing an income and I kept persisting and remaining positive throughout that whole process to really go in the direction of my dreams and live that life that I had always pictured myself as a small business owner. As a young girl, you were thinking, I am going to be in business for myself one way or another. Yes, I knew I had to make it work. I knew that I just wasn't cut out to work in a nine to five job. I'd been raised by parents that each had their own small businesses. And I guess my family background has always been about pursuing your dreams and doing something that brings you that ultimate happiness. Well, I've got to say, I knew that I connected with you right in the beginning, and now I know why, because my candle color would be yellow as well. And, And not many people choose yellow, surprisingly. Yeah, it's a happy color. I mean, yellow and red are the two food stimulant colors. I'm not sure if you knew that. That's why McDonald's have had, apparently they've had so much success because both the colors yellow and red stimulate uh, your appetite. But yellow to me just always reflects 
happiness and brightness and positivity. It radiates in your voice, that's for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about the hamper business and how did you decide that that was what you were going to go into? The turning point was knowing that I wanted to have my own business, but it was just a matter of diving into finding out what industry and what nature of business I wanted to have. And it was really triggered by, at the time, receiving a very sort of out of date, sort of old style cane basket that was filled with items that were filled with preserves and marmalade and the idea of tin pate and things that I just would never eat or enjoy. And that's what got me thinking, if that's the standard of what is out there at the moment, I think I can do better than that. I think I can create something that would satisfy a bigger market. And I mean, I was only 24 years old and I just, I knew, as I mentioned, I wanted to follow that dream of having my own small business. And I had a background in corporate catering. So I did see that the corporates had very big budgets to spend on themselves, (laughs) on on, uh, rewarding and incentives. And I guess that's what got me thinking that I could build a creative and exciting corporate gift basket business. That's really interesting because you're merging two things together. I mean, you saw that there was an opportunity in the market because you got this basket that didn't really thrill you that much. So you saw an opening there and then you merged that with your knowledge through the catering business. You've got connections, you knew the industry. So you were able to see really quickly how identifying a need on one end and you already having some skills on another end could merge together to form a business. That's really interesting. Yeah, so I had the inspiration, possibly was a little naive entering into the business world, but extremely enthusiastic. So I think passion really drives that commitment and enthusiasm. I guess I just couldn't kind of put it out. Like I just knew I had to face it. So what happened then? So you had the idea. Where did it go from there? Okay, so I started the business in August. So I I actually knew that I had the Christmas period to really target. That's, you know, I knew that it was a it was going to be a busy time for me and a massive turning point. And I guess the biggest win that I had was that first Christmas that I had started the business, I landed a $30,000 corporate gift order. Wow. So there was 800 pieces and I was working out of my two bedroom apartment. Oh my word. How did you ever handle that? It was nuts. I called in the troops. I got on the phone to my mum and I, I, I asked for help. I look back now and think it was crazy. I did everything, probably made, you know, all the mistakes then and there. But the order was fulfilled. The client was happy. I stored them in other people's apartments. I had a house that I was able to use because storage was clearly an issue. You know, you said a little while ago, ignorance is bliss or, you know, the naivety, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I think that's really good, though, because in this situation, had you heard that, oh, my gosh, you might be set up and having to do an 800-piece order, that might have been just enough for you to back up a little bit. But instead, and I think I make the point for all of our listeners, is move forward and get that business and figure out the solutions afterwards. Don't let yourself out of fear stop. Keep moving Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. There was no way I was going to say no. I mean, I was literally picking my jaw up off the ground as I took the order. But I knew that I had something to fulfill and I knew that it was a massive win for my business. And that's what really set me off in the direction of pursuing the corporate gift basket target audience. They were my market then. 
Okay. And so how did the business then progress to the point where it was a saleable business? The essential ingredient was tapping into the sort of high season and low season of Christmas. Things were very quiet. So I guess I knew that I needed to have I mean, they, you know, they do say 60% of yearly profits are just made in one month of the year. That's how intensely busy this type of business can be. So I knew that if it was going to work, to make it a year-round business with that, getting that consistent monthly cash flow in, I had to approach industries that would sell high-ticket items like cars and houses that would actually reward their clients with client appreciation gifts. So things like closing gifts for property sales and handover uh, gifts for the cars, for prestige car dealerships. So you really strategically decided, I'm going to need the business that will level off some of that big holiday business so that you'll have business throughout the year because that's how you support employees too. Exactly. When you start to expand, and I, I went to three different warehouses so over the course of my 10 years because I kept on outgrowing the space. So to meet the demand of that and having all the fixed costs that I needed to cover, I knew that I needed that consistency each month. I couldn't rely just upon the Christmas trade only to survive until the next Christmas. Right. Let's stick with the hamper business just for a minute. Can you talk to us about something you wished you would have known before you got started? Maybe a rocky time that you had to, you know, there were problems you had to figure out, just some type of advice for any of our listeners who might find themselves in that situation. I think it comes down to the struggles, you know, everything's great at the Christmas time of the because it's so highly seasonal and you come off such a high after Christmas and in the January, particularly with the corporates, it's a very quiet time. So it's being able to strategically market and continue being consistent with your marketing each and every month to continually keep on growing your business. And that was something that was very significant at the sale time of my business was that I had had such steady growth. So I think that I mean those times when there are much quieter low season times, it's always about coming up with some incentives to win new clients, you know, to actually get around. Because I think particularly in this industry, cash flow is a major, major problem that I hear often. Now, were you always looking and growing the business with the intent to sell it at some point? Um, I think I was. I actually knew that I wanted to sort of build up something. And then, you know, at the time that I was ready to sell the business, I had a great offer that did come through. And it was almost a bit like that $30,000 first order. It was too good to refuse. But I, I actually did know along the way that I needed to put systems in place. I needed processes. I needed something that I knew that I could hand over, whether it be to my staff so that I could take a vacation and I could leave the business, which again, I do find a lot of people do struggle with because they simply haven't had a holiday for a number of years because they're working in the business continuously. Right. And you're talking about the systems and processes, which is going to lead into what we're going to talk about in the future. But that was pretty much what you're calling the saving grace for you. Yes, I believe so. Um, having those out and in a, a procedures manual and having a good, good sort of systems in place just ensures that the quality control is there so that I could actually not always have to be working in the business. I could actually work on the growth of the business. 
Right. Well, Gift Biz listeners, I just want to underline a little bit of what Sarah said here now. And I think it's really significant, whether you're looking at growing your business for a future sale or not. And that is the systems and processes that you put in allow people to be able to continue running your business. And it might not, I mean, vacations, oh my gosh, we all know we <coughs> need them. But what if there's an emergency in the family or heaven forbid you break your leg or, you know, something yes. happens where you can't be in the business. You want that insurance or bench strength, if you will, that the business can continue going for a medium amount of time, not just like a week, just in case. And that also sets Sarah up for a saleable business, because if you're looking to sell a business, those systems and processes add so much value. And I'd say, Sarah, differentiate you from possibly other businesses another buyer might be looking at. That could tip someone over the edge into your field because you've got all the systems already set up. Exactly. And I think that that probably really came home to roost when the purchaser made the business. That was a passing comment that they felt that they could step into my role and that they were very confident with the staff in place and with the systems in place that they could actually basically take the ball and run with it. Right. You know, not a huge learning curve for them and a potential dip in revenue. Exactly. That was kind of stabilized given the system and processes. The other thing that you talk about that I'm sure made your business very attractive is that there was more of an even revenue stream. It wasn't so up and down. Exactly. Like a hamper business could be. Well, yes. Speaking with many gift basket owners, that is one of the biggest challenges that they face, running a highly seasonal business. How do you land lucrative client accounts during the times that it's not Christmas? How do you keep your cash flow consistent so that you can sleep at night? (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, let's wrap this portion up, Sarah. And I just want to remind listeners, in case you didn't catch it when I was doing the intro, Sarah sold her business for over a million dollars. So she knows of what she speaks. So you sell the business. Now, what are you going to do with yourself? Oh, so that was probably (laughs) something, I guess, in the early stages, I had young children. I was enjoying being a, you know, a mother, taking care of my family. And I think I stepped into mentoring and helping others because I guess because I had sort of learnt so much actually in the trenches, you know, I had actually worked in the business and seen and done so much. So I wanted to be able to pass that on. So how did you start forming that business? I was actually approached by a local gift hamper business who were having some problems with their cash flow and which market to target. And it kind of just sort of naturally evolved from there. So how long have you been in the coaching business? Um, A couple of years now. And so what overall, if you could give us two or maybe three things, where do you think people are getting stuck most? I think that sometimes they get in their own way, which sounds a bit Interesting. funny. Yeah. yeah, I actually find that sometimes it's just more of a mindset. A lot of people have a fear of approaching corporates to to be able to go through, you know, and there is a sales process that I, I take my coaching clients through that is a formula that wins them business. But I think a lot of the times they kind of stumble over picking up the phone and getting in their own way. They've maybe attach themselves a bit too much to the outcome. You know, if someone was to reject them, there are 
very ideal industries that really love gift baskets, that they actually are looking for suppliers. And it's just simply a matter of connecting up those dots. And as you mentioned, the cash flow is, is a common struggle. That is sort of something with a highly seasonal business to overcome. There are plenty of challenges around that. And I really would say just from my own experience on both sides, when I've consulted other businesses, as well as when I was selling to other businesses, the individual consumer and a corporate contact are very different animals. I don't mean to say call people animals, but you understand what I mean. But in many ways, working with someone in corporate is much easier. They have goals to meet. They have processes. They aren't going to be as concerned and nitpicky in most cases as an individual consumer could be. And I think that's the the beauty is that, you know, when we're talking volume orders, I had one client order, Sue, that I managed. It was a national client loyalty program with gift rewards that was worth $150,000. And that was one single client account that I managed that relationship with. I mean, if you looked at having to get that money back by dealing with individual consumers, you would actually have a lot of work on your hands. You'd never get there. I mean, without a lot of people, because those are individual phone calls, individual custom baskets, etc. Yeah, so hopefully we're convincing some listeners that based on the industry they're in, if they're nervous or anxious about corporate, maybe we're getting them to rethink this a little bit. It's such a lucrative market, you know, and it's such a profitable business to be in. I mean, it's so creative and it's such a happy, feel-good business. That's why I did it and that's why I loved it so much. Well, let me get some more insight from you then into the business and maybe you'll draw on actually being in the business and also now that you're consulting. What types of promotions or events or what types of things do you see today that move the needle for people in terms of bringing in new sales? One really big win for me was profiling the business. I was into a national business women's awards and I was able to be recognized as a finalist throughout all of Australia. And through that, Sue, I was invited to be featured in a number of business magazines, national newspaper features with stories about the success in the business. And in just one day that that article came out, it was worth $16,000 just from people reading that article, free advertising. (laughs) You know, starting out, I didn't have a huge budget. So I was able to really profile and brand the business by getting a lot of activity in the media by being part of these. uh, And it was a fantastic experience to do as well. So did you initiate profiling the business or did someone else do that for you? No, I did that. Okay, so I am so glad you bring this up because I think we overall as women aren't really good at tooting our own horn. No. Or getting out there and talking about our successes. And I think, you know, a little bit you have to do it a little bit carefully because you can't come across as obnoxiously confident, I guess I would say. (laughs) But there is nothing wrong with submitting your name or calling the press for articles or entering into awards or anything like that. And you just heard what it did for Sarah. That is a great opportunity. And I'll tell you, you know, a lot of local papers too are looking for stories. If they don't know you, they're not gonna be able to profile you. So there is nothing wrong with reaching out right in your community and getting some PR. Women in particular in business, you know, there's so many of them now in Australia, for instance, that are actually setting up these businesses. They've had a change of career, they've left the corporate world. And it does provide you with a lot of confidence to go through and transition into being recognized for doing something that you might've worked really hard for. To get recognition is actually something that I think most humans do 
do strive for, sure. you know, to be appreciated, which is exactly what this business is all about. It's all about being rewarded and appreciated. And that is a reflection in the business as well on all levels. That's exactly right. And then you can put that on your website, everybody. We talk about the About Us page and credibility on websites, etc. You can put all of that on your website to show that you're getting the awards, which separates you from other people. And it makes people feel comfortable and confident that you are a legitimate business, especially if you do a lot of your business online. Exactly. I totally agree with that. Let's talk on the customer service end. Are there any insights that you would have, again, from both, you know, now consulting clients as well as when you had customers directly? What types of advice would you give us in terms of how to handle customers? In terms of handling customers, I mean, everyone is unique. I was reading on LinkedIn, actually, they say that 69% of client supplier relationships are made on the decision that they actually like working with you. So that it's based on the relationship. It's not always necessarily weighted towards your product. And obviously that plays the part in the product and the service that you provide, but the relationship that you build and everyone is very unique. I think that was sort of something that I actually really loved was nurturing those relationships with my corporate clients and maintaining my staff, the morale as well. I had a lot of long-term staff members that worked for me. So I think that making each individual meeting what their needs are. And, and I think like what you mentioned earlier, Earlier about corporates being a lot easier to work with. You know, they, they're busy people, they have a task, they want you to be able to meet the task and fulfill. And once all that happens, they love you and you've made them look great and everyone's happy and the feedback's fantastic and your testimonials are coming in. That was a formula that I sort of stuck with was making sure that all their needs were met and fulfillment of the orders was the most, you know, most critical element to maintaining and keeping a really great relationship with your corporate clients. You're true to your word. You're going to follow through on what you say. If you say it's going to be done at a certain time, it is done at a certain time. And also, I think with corporate, it's your responsibility to make your contact look great. Exactly. Exactly. And with as much ease for them as possible so that they can do all their other tasks. Yes, yes. You know, transpiring across to now who my gift industry coaching clients, I mean, predominantly, Sue, they all tend to be just fantastic women to work with. They're all about building up their own giftware business with aspiring dreams. But at the same time, they're also busy mums looking after young families, the demands of children, raising children. And I think it's important to remind them that they are doing a really great job wearing many hats and juggling so many daily responsibilities. Absolutely. Not everybody needs to be growing a million dollar business either. You know, that's one of the things that's nice about going into business for yourself. A quarter of that or even less could be what you need and what you want because you balance lifestyle against income, against being able to be with your children, all of that together. So success is very unique to every single person. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, the money part is is a, a fantastic reward because it does obviously provide you with the benefits of lifestyle. Right. Um, you have more, you, it makes you, you know, allows you more choices. But the beauty of working for yourself is that flexibility that you mentioned, you know, around family, around children. And when it's time for school vacation and school breaks that you You can actually work the hours that are going to fit in around your your family responsibilities as well. Couldn't agree more. Mm. 
And through all of that interweaves the whole idea of relationships, yes. you know, re yes. that we were talking about earlier. So really important. Yeah. Okay, Sarah, I'm going to move on now into our reflection section. This is a look at you and different specific things that you're doing in the course of the day that make you successful. We've talked a little bit about the fact that you knew you were going to be an entrepreneur away from when you were a little girl. <laughs> but what other trait do you think you have besides that positive yellow candle and optimism and all of that? What else is innately inside you that's helped you to be successful? Well, I guess, you know, the positive mindset is probably the biggest thing, followed with just a, a dream, just with the desire to, to pursue that dream, you know, just that, mm -hmm. that burning sort of drive that I actually had recognized that I wanted to be my own boss, that I wanted to have my own business. And look, there was certainly a lot of, I experienced challenging times. That's where having a positive mindset and having an end goal in your mind that you can kind of tell yourself, you know, what you want to believe. And there were challenging times with running a big business. And I also was managing an autoimmune disease. So there were certainly days that I just felt like I just couldn't get out of bed. You know, I couldn't get dressed. But I just always believed that having that strong-minded, positive mindset and having those goals and wanting that lifestyle for your family, they're the biggest drivers in getting you to succeed, getting you to reach those goals that you set. Wonderful. So you jumped right in here with a little bit of a health issue there, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, I mean, all of us, you know, when we're younger, we think, oh, not me, nothing's going to happen, mm. right? Do you care to share any more, not on the personal end necessarily, but how did you overcome that and continue to be able to grow your business and just dive through with that? Because I was hit with, you know, a, a quite a, a quite a serious illness, I was really probably really sort of propelled the processes and systems. You know, I knew that the staff had to basically step up on days that I wasn't well enough to be working. And so I actually knew that I needed to build a really sustainable business and I needed to also be able to outsource. You know, I needed to be able to recognize that I couldn't do everything. And uh, we, you know, I actually did a lot of outsourcing of labor in order to continually grow the business, but I also had to look after my own health as well. Sure. I'm going to move on now just for time purposes. Sure. Um, what tool do you use regularly in your daily life, either business or personal, so that you stay productive or you create some type of balance? Uh, well, I'm a really big one for writing out daily to-do lists. I have actually quite extensive to-do lists and I've sort of done that for a long time. I find it's better to get it out of my head onto paper so I can sort of prioritize what's urgent, you know, what can wait. There's many great tools that I, you know, I do use Asana and Basecamp. For, it's a team management tool. When you're working on projects, you can share with other team members. But, you know, one great tool that I think anyone can apply, it doesn't have to be a software tool, is working in time blocks. I just find that I'm sort of someone to get easily distracted with, you know, nowadays, you know, Sue, with all the social media notifications and Facebook and SMS messages and phone calls. What you do working in the time blocks is a sign of working two hour blocks of time, which you dedicate it towards completing a single important task. And I found that you can really increase your productivity and feel accomplished when you do work in those blocks. So it's a matter of actually really sort of focusing in and working on those in order to feel accomplished at the end of the day. So in time blocking, you take a specific task, you dedicate a certain amount of time to it, and by golly, it's gotta be done by that time. Exactly. 
Yeah. So you're really focused. Yeah. And you do actually feel then that you've been very productive because I know that it's so easy to get distracted and sort of start jumping around doing all sorts of different things. People are sort of, like I mentioned, on the social media, checking emails, then going back and um, writing up, a you know, some content and, and packing an order. And then they sort of right. realize that they haven't actually really achieved a great deal that day. Right, exactly. I totally agree. The other thing I really like about what you said is writing down to-do lists. You know, it's not any electronic checklist or anything. There's some satisfaction between scratching off that one item as you go down. There's something about just the tactical ability to do that that's awesome. A click on a computer just doesn't do it. No, I agree. I'm a bit of an old school pen and paper. (laughs) The end result is the most important thing, I guess, is what I'm trying to say there. Absolutely. All right. Have you read a book lately that you think our listeners could find value in? Yes, I have. Um, uh, The book that I love is called The 4-Hour Workweek, and it's written by Mm -hmm. Tim Ferriss. He's an American guy, and it's all about being highly productive, outsourcing tasks that you can train others to complete. And ultimately, it frees you up to do more of the things that you do like doing and that you're really good at. I've read that book too, but I think it's a little bit crazy to think that you could possibly work only four hours a week. And I don't know many people who would really only want to work four hours a week. Right, right. But he has some great ideas in there. I haven't read it for a while, but I remember I really enjoyed it. When you sort of need someone to do the, you know, the background work or the admin work or knowing that you can tap into, there's so many avenues for resources and, you know, for outsourcing so that you can do all the more of the things that you do like. He goes off and learns a new language or he goes off and does, uh, I think it's boxing or he does something that's not even work related because he's simply outsourced his entire business. Yeah, it's a great book. So Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. I've teamed up with Audible and you can get an audiobook just like the four-hour work week for free. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection of that book or any other book you'd like. Again, that's giftbizbook.com. Okay, Sarah, I would like you now to dare to dream. (laughs) I want to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? Oh, inside my box is many magical things. I would probably say that uh, inside I've built a, a global giftware coaching business. I'm guest speaking around the world at industry events and workshops and I'm traveling to lovely overseas locations hosting business retreats for giftware businesses and just continuing to help grow thriving enterprises. That sounds wonderful and it sounds like it's just building up what you've already started. So the seed has already been planted. Yes, I think so. It's a it's you know a slow burn and I think that it's definitely you know where I can see myself going and something that I know that would really bring me a lot of fulfillment and happiness being able to continue to help other gift basket giftware business owners to build that dream life and build that dream business. That sounds spectacular, but you do know what that means. <laughs> a lot of hours in the air flying around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I'm happy to do that. I, I'm a very um, um, avid traveler. I've, uh, <laughs> Wonderful. Mm. Well, good. I, I will see you in the States soon then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how 
could our listeners best get in touch with you? On the show notes page, we'll have the website and Facebook pages, all the links. But if there was one place that you would direct everyone who's audio right now to go to, where would that be? Okay, so I actually have a free cheat sheet to give away to your listeners today, a little gift. Wonderful. It's a free cheat sheet about how to attract lucrative corporate clients and triple your sales instantly. They can get that freebie at www.sarahjcross.com forward slash get freebie. Get freebie. So that's just only available. It'll be up for a little while. If they want to log on and go in there, they can actually download their free cheat sheet to getting learning how some, some steps to start landing some lucrative corporate accounts. Well, it is May 10th, 2016, everybody. So if you're listening within month, uh, several months from now, maybe it's still up, but don't delay because you heard that Sarah says she'll take it down at some point. So this free cheat sheet is available at sarahjcross.com forward slash get freebie. And if you're listening after it's already been taken down, I would just jump over to this show note page, go onto her website because my guess is she'll have some other things in the offerings as well at that point. I've got lots of other things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lots of things. So, Sarah, thank you so much. This has been really interesting and you've brought up some points that I don't think we've talked about before. So I really appreciate the insights, you know, your story about growing and selling a million dollar business right in your 20s is spectacular. I talk often about making sure that people who are taking courses or doing anything online work with someone who really knows because they've done it, not because they've learned from a book. And you are certainly one who has done it. You know of what you speak and coach. And it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. May your candle always burn bright. Thanks, Sue. Thanks for having me. It's been fantastic to be here. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com slash tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by The Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of gift